0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here today. Uh, we're going to be in Jude, uh, verse 11. Uh, there's three things mentioned in Jude, verse 11. It's going to be the the way of Cain. And we talked about that last week. Uh, today, we're going to see uh, the heir, heir of Balaam. And we'll talk about that. And this is kind of a sobering story uh, because... Balaam. When we first approach Balaam, remember this is—he's going to be a Gentile. He's a prophet, uh, and you're you're going to have to decide as the story goes if he's he's working with God, if it's legitimate prophecy, which I think it is. But he's going to be tempted by the world, and he's going to create an heir. That heir is going to be wealth, finances, the way of the world. And Balaam's going to cancel out anything he's done because of this error. And then we're going to have the rebellion uh, rebellion, I think there's two L's there, of, of Korah. And so there's going to be three. This is the way he created a new way, a new, say a new way to God, which was false. He's going to use his knowledge of God. For profit and forsake any kind of relationship, and Cora is going to rebel against what God had established, and that is what Jude is talking about. And what's interesting in Jude is that these people are in the church; uh, these people are in amongst the believers. They're doing; they're in the leadership. They're g- giving guidance. People are following. They're following the wrong way. They're being manipulated and used for financial gain and learning how to use religion for financial gain, and they are rebelling against what God has established. And then you wonder, church, rebelling against what God established? Well, God established the church. These people are the leaders in the church. How can you rebel against the leaders of the church if God established the church? Because they're the false leaders leading the church. So you're actually rebelling against, they are rebelling against the word or the way of Christ because the church has been taken over by false teachers and Jude like it says at the beginning of the book wanted to write about their glorious salvation who are we in Christ what is God doing in our lives what has Christ done for us it's like wait a minute we're losing the entire foundation to these false teachers in a few weeks a few months in in the next generation we're gonna have lost the way of salvation which is a concern for us as we look at our culture I think about it is if there is, you know, a, a takeover of of the institutions, the academic institutions take over of the media, uh, the church falls into air, becomes a religious institution, uh, and then you know, there's government policies you can't ha- be, have hate speech like, you know, the Bible, and all this stuff is wiped out within a, a few years, within the next generation, no one's going to know the way of salvation. Now, again, that's not going to happen. Because God's word is eternal, if it was going to happen, it would have happened sometime in the last 2,000 years because there's been some very dark ages. But there have been periods of history uh, where the word of God was absolutely crushed. You think about the Reformation, Martin Luther, of where they got the word and they began to read it and gave it to the people. I mean, people, I mean, you know this. The English Bible, when it was translated, the guys that translated into English from Latin to give to the English-speaking people, like Tyndale, these guys died. Who killed them? The government? The universities? The, the, the church? Because the church was persecuting them because they were bringing the Word of God to people and undermining the authority and power that the church had. So, church has not always been a positive force in Christian history. And not, sometimes it was persecuting the very people it was supposed to be serving. So uh, keep that in mind. We are approaching a time, or we could be going to a time where it gets dark. God's Word is eternal, but you could have a period of time where a generation doesn't even understand and they begin to follow false religions. Okay, enough of that. I'm going to read in Jude, and then we're going to go to the book of Numbers. And... Uh, because of our situation, and that means that's probably a three-point statement, uh, our situation that we are in a time where Jude could say to his people, uh, the way of Cain, and there we go, boom, they track with that. Uh, the heir of, uh, of Balaam, ah, understand that. Ah, the rebellion of Korah, boom. I mean, they were, they were well rehearsed in that information. Um, not, you are good people, and you're very knowledgeable, But as a whole, uh, as we talk to the Western church in America, we say Cain, they think about the guy that beat his brother up with a rock, Balaam, if anything, it's like, oh, the donkey talked to him. And it's like, and that's the, I mean, that's the scholars that are in the churches. And by the time you get to Korah, it's like, uh, wasn't she like a singer on a movie somewhere? Korah, it's like, no, never mind. And so we we required the situation is we need to go back and tell the story. And again, I'm on the clock, and we're talking about a lot of chapters, so I need to tell the story. Uh, We need to get moving. And uh, it's enlightening, I mean, for all of us to hear the book of Numbers. fact, As I'm going through it, studying this week, I realize, man, I've got to teach the book of Numbers verse by verse because there's just so many great things in there. Nonetheless, Jude, just to get some basis for this, uh, Jude, verse three. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith. That means fight for it. I mean, that means you're you're in a conflict, and they're stealing your truth. Not your truth, the truth. Okay, that that was a bad statement. They're stealing your truth. Don't let them steal your truth. No, no, let them take your truth. You find the truth, okay. For the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago, that means this way of living was condemned from the beginning. Long ago, this practice is always going to be condemned. Written about long ago, have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men, although they're leading your church. Who change the grace of God or our God into a license for immorality? So you're saved by grace. God has forgiven you, which means it really doesn't matter how you live. We can go ahead and embrace you just as you are. You don't need to change. Just keep living the way you are. God's love is greater than anything. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. God's grace is here to change you from where you are, but they've changed. They've changed it into a license. For immorality, and that leads you to deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. So, not only if you deny the grace, you're actually denying the one who brought it to you. You don't even have a Lord and Savior anymore. You're in rebellion towards God. Though you already know all this, this information, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. The angels, who did not keep their position of authority but abandoned their own home, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on the great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Now that's three groups. And we ended with Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, We'll talk about the city of, of, of Sodom again today because it's going to come up. They, they serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. Verse 8. In the very same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, uh, reject authority, and slander celestial beings. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing about, with the devil about the body of Moses, did not dare to bring a slanderous accusation against him, but said, the Lord rebuke you. It didn't become personal. It's just this is the truth. We're just going to do what is right. We're going to follow the truth. Then the Lord rebukes this. Uh, yet these men speak abusively to whatever, to against whatever they do not understand, and what things they do understand by instinct, like unreasoning animals. These are the very things that destroy them. So the things they do not understand, spiritual matters, they act like they understand all the mysteries. But they're making it up, and they're blaspheming the actual truth. The things they do understand of the temporal world, they're overpowered by the temporal world, and it destroys them. Like, they don't even have moral capacity. They don't even have moral guidance. They act like an animal. So they talk about the wisdom of the spiritual realm, which they don't understand. And the only thing they know is the lust and the self-satisfaction of the physical world. They don't even have the ability to say, like we said last week, I'll have one piece of cake instead of I'm going to eat the whole cake. They don't even have self-restraint. Even an animal would have more. In our story today, an animal is going to have more logic and reasoning ability than the prophet of God. Now here we go, verse 11. Woe to them, because they're like this. They have taken the way of Cain. They've got a false way. They have rushed for profit into Balaam's heir. Balaam already made this mistake. Don't do the same thing they have been destroyed by Korah's rebellion. So they've rushed for profit into Balaam's heir, and that's where we're at now. Balaam's heir is rushed, is again, the word rushed is he, he lunged, he fell, he jumped into it, he, he didn't hold any kind of restraint, and it was for profit. Now we've got to find out who Balaam is. I'm going to say this, to, and we're going to go back to Numbers and start reading as fast as we can. So I'm going to have to speed things up. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, Balaam, yeah, you, you can criticize me at any point. Uh, don't interrupt class, uh, unless it's a grievous error. But you can say, I don't think that's true. That, that's, that's good. That's healthy. The Bible's true. Not everything I say. Balaam, I believe we're going to see he is a prophet. He is what we would say a seer, a diviner. Now, right away, you start getting over profit. Prophet, prophet. Look at that. Did anybody catch that? Holy smokes. I'm a bad speller, but that was ridiculous. Okay. Uh, prophet we recognize prophets you know isaiah is a prophet jeremiah if you believe the bible you're going to embrace the concept of prophets now if there's prophets today that's another you know they've all passed away god doesn't use prophets today Uh, there's going to be prophets in the book of revelation so again that's another concept but we understand we understand the concept and accept the ideal of a prophet but in the old testament a prophet was also a seer and a, a prophet or a seer, these people, they were going to tell you what God was doing. They would find God's will. They would speak for God. Daniel's a prophet. Nebuchadnezzar has surrounding himself a bunch of what they call magicians. And they, he wanted, to, what does is, what is this dream mean? And, and no one could interpret it correctly. Daniel, a prophet, who was a seer, was able to find out God communicated and he could speak to the people, God's word, God's will. They were finding finding god's will now again what i I, i'm not going to get into the debate if we have prophets or not we don't have prophets writing scripture that's for sure but in a sense just like Judas saying it was once for all entrusted to the saints so do you need a prophet (laughs) okay that's uh, yes no start with the word of god right here this is from god and it was brought to us by prophets from from the old testament okay Diviners were the same thing. Now, once you've got you've got Yahweh and the people of Israel, but before Moses, there were already religions. There was already people in contact with God or the gods. Enoch was a prophet. Uh, That was long before. That was that before the flood. Uh, These are people that can make contact with God. And Balaam is going to be a prophet. It's going to appear that he can hear or find, ask questions, and receive revelation from God to give you guidance. Uh, Now, a king in battle, all the ancient world would have, get advice from the prophets, and they're willing to pay for it. What is is going to happen in the future? They're willing to pay for it. There is the ability for false prophets. uh, Even in the book of Jeremiah, You've got some prophets who are along the side of Jeremiah who are also prophesying the same thing. we we got like Zephaniah was one of the prophets along with Jeremiah. You don't always make that connection, but Habakkuk was also a prophet. So it would be Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, and Daniel was a young boy taken off into captivity. So they were all functioning together. And there were others that were legitimate prophets. There were also false prophets that were doing it for profit. Jeremiah confronted those. So, now, we don't have all the prophets listed in the Bible. Now, if I could spell this word right, sorcerer. A sorcerer uh, is different than a diviner or a seer or a prophet, by my definition. And you can look this up. They're going to manipulate. They're going to go and they're going to dabble. They're going to try to manipulate the gods. They're going to try to control the gods. Our story comes down to this. Balak, the king, is wanting a sorcerer to come in and manipulate the spiritual realm and curse the people of Israel. Balaam from the beginning says, doesn't say it like this, but he says, I can only tell you what God tells me. I'm not a, I am not ai don't control the spiritual realm. I'm not a witch. Now, there are sorcerers, which this stuff is condemned in the Bible. Prophets are said, make sure you say, the word of god speak the truth david had seer so the word prophet seer diviner even daniel was with the magicians and they were diviners. so there's a there's an area there but as soon as you get outside of god you're going to be making heirs the sorcerer or a witch or some kind of a, a sorcery that was trying to control manipulate put spells on people that that there's no room for that anywhere in the word. Jeremiah isn't called to put a spell on Nebuchadnezzar. He's ready. He's there to pronounce the word of God. If God, anybody's going to put a spell on Nebuchadnezzar, like God may say, I'll put a hook in his jaw and drag him into battle. Gog and Magog. You can say God is going to drag Magog into battle. Well, you did, you just said God is going to do this. So God is controlling. You just pronounce. What, what is going on. So keep that in mind as we begin our story. So we go to, what was the, the uh, heir of Balaam? Go to Numbers, please. And this is totally interesting. Uh, it, it's, it's almost like a book of itself. Now, just for, for uh, I've got a bunch of pictures here for you. I'm going to introduce, not, I, I, if I was going to do this right, uh i would have you watch this little video right here but that'd be too much like going to a mega church uh and so i'm going to tell you you should watch this i'll I'll talk about it this right here interestingly this this little uh uh inscription was found on a on a on a sanctuary wall uh it's from 800 bc it was found uh in jordan just uh half mile north of the Jabbok River in the, in the area of the, uh, the Ammonites' territory. It was written around 800 B.C. in a sanctuary that was in operation between 2,000 and 700 B.C. Uh, and it contains the words of a prophecy given by a person named Balaam, son of Beor. Now, this was found in 1967. Edit- oh, I wrote that wrong. Nineteen sixty seven. It was edited in nineteen seventy three. I wrote sixty-seven again. And uh finally published in two thousand three. And it talks about the the words and it was it was an honor it was a, on a plaque inside of a sanctuary. And it's all broken down, the sanctuary's you know been deteriorated. But it's something they put on the wall because it was the prophet Balaam of Beor coming in announcing that the gods And you can see the word Elohim, for gods, is used in there, and also El Shaddai, God Almighty, is used in that prophecy, saying there was a disaster coming, but it could be averted. And apparently, Balaam pronounced a coming judgment, and the people responded, and other societies fell, but their group listened to Balaam, son of Beor, and were delivered, and they put it on the wall. It's like this it'd be like us putting you know the constitution it's like this was what saved us as a society now we, we don't know many much about it except it's on the wall of a sanctuary and it's Baal of beor and it's uh sounds like the same guy so everybody kind of accepts that as being not just historically uh legitimate but also a direct connection now this was written in 800 bc uh, but it would have been a prophecy from six, seven, eight hundred years before, you know, 600 years before, while Balaam was still alive, that was just handed down. Okay, here we go. That's a little historical ad- information about Balaam. chapter 22 of Numbers, and I've got a lot of chapters to read here, and I'm not sure how this is going to end. Then the Israelites traveled to the plains of Moab and camped along the Jordan across from Jericho. So here we go. Oh boy, one verse and I'm stopping with a map. So here is the Jordan River, Dead Sea. This is Edom. They've marched around Edom. They've come up here. There's been a problem with uh, Shihon. Uh, they had to fight a battle there. They were defeated. And now they've gone up. They didn't go through here. This would be too much traffic. They would have gone up and around. And they've come. Here's Jericho. They've come to this place right here that is going to be called uh, Shatim. We're going to say that. And that's how you pronounce Shatim. I know it's a dangerous word. It's Shatim. This right here is located right here across from Jericho. Uh, it is also called uh, Tel, or it can be Tall al today, or Tel el today. That is what is being excavated today as Sodom. It's pretty much, no doubt about it, this is Sodom. It's been excavated. By, this, by the time Sodom falls, let's say 2000 B.C., smoked, Washed out. It's still a dead area, but it's a high place. You know, it's like a mound with a flat surface on it. And you can come over here and you can see all these directions from here. Moses sets up camp right there. It's, it, it talks about it in the Bible. It just doesn't call it Sodom. And from here, he's getting ready to approach Jericho and enter the promised land. And they've come around here, gone through here. Now, there's a king of the Ammonites, which is this area right here. They've gone around it. They're not messing with them, just, they've just gone around them. And they're camped right here. But he's concerned of all the things that have happened. And they've got this report. It's like, who are these people? There's a lot of them. We need to do something with them. So he's going to send away and get some help. And if you look on page two of your notes, again, I made these maps in the 80s. Um, So I'm replacing them as I go. So I made these in the 1980s by hand. Uh, for classes I was teaching it. Uh, I, I claim to have uh, every spot in the Bible on a map in the 80s, like 87, 88, uh, and you know, no one's challenged me on it so far, so I believe it must be true. Um, this book right here, a guy just sent me this book. He, he, this guy's a, a Bible historian, Gregory Drake, uh, scholarship focused on Old Testament patriarchal history. He's going to stop by and see me here in a few weeks, but uh, he's got a great book on Joseph. I'm going to read it today. Uh, but he sent it to me because he used one of my maps on here. You can see right here, right there. It's, it's the Joseph map. It, it's just like the maps you're looking at right there. It's from 1988. It's even got a little sticker down here on the bottom. That says Galen Games, which was <laughs> a card business, like a Christian card game company. I But anyway, so, anyway uh, that, so that's pretty cool. He's going to stop. He wants to talk, so it's going to be kind of cool. I'm excited to meet him. Nonetheless, These maps right here, the first map, Numbers 22, you've got Moab right here, and you're going to have them sending people all the way up here to probably on the other side of the Euphrates to a place called Pthor, uh, and that's where Balaam's going to talk with the dignitaries that were sent by the king Balak, and he's going to say, no, can't do it. They're going to come back with a greater offer. And we'll see the story he's coming from way up here you see way up there on the euphrates and coming down now what's going to take place here the next map is here that's my 1980s map i've got a bunch of maps images i've taken off of uh, a video uh it, the video is called archaeology for the star who will come from jacob i spelled jacob wrong Uh, they come from this guy who's got a ministry called Expedition Bible. There's the link right there. If you find the PDF online, this is online. Just click on it. That whole video will play. If you're interested, it'd be worth seeing. That's where all these great pictures come from. Um, And we'll go through these right here. So here we go. Uh, They've camped there in Moab. So they've come up in this area, and they're camped right here at Shittim. Now, Balak, son of Zippor that's the king, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites and Moab was terrified because he's the king of Moab because there were so many people. Indeed, Moab was filled with dread because of the Israelites. The Moabites, I'm in chapter 22... Verse 4, the Moabites said to the elders of Midian. Now, the Moabites and the Midianites are going to be working together on this. This is mainly the, the land of the Moabites right here with King Balak going up to the Euphrates to get Balaam, who's well-known as a diviner, meaning he can tell you what is happening. What is happening in the spiritual and what is God trying to do? We want to cooperate with God. He's not a sorcerer. Although, okay, here we go. The horde is going to lick up everything around us as an ox licks up grass of the field. So Balak, son of Zippor, who was king of Moab at that time, sent messengers to summon Balaam, son of Beor, who was at Pethor near the river, the Euphrates River, in his native land. Balak said, a people has come from Egypt. They, have covered, they cover the face of the land and have settled next to me. Now come and put a curse on these people because they are too powerful for me. I need some witchcraft to defeat these people. Perhaps I will be able to defeat them and drive them out of the country if you curse them for i know that those you bless are blessed and those you curse are cursed now why are those he blesses blessed and those he curses cursed because he's pronouncing the word of god god says these people are blessed these people are cursed so pronounce a blessing to these people pronounce a curse to these people it's just i mean we can do the same thing israel is blessed by god oh galen's blessing israel no i'm just god has chosen israel it's like they're blessed if you come against israel you're going to be cursed it's like, what is Galen saying? I'm just reading the text of Scripture. not a prophet. I'm just reading. I'm, I'm a reader. I can't even read and spell, so I'm, not, you know, I'm far from a prophet. But Balaam right here is, is simply saying everything he cu- blesses is blessed, and everything he curses is cursed. Why? Because he's pronouncing the word of God. So, I mean, this is legitimate. Verse 7, The elders of Moab and Midian left, taking with them the fee for divination. And which makes sense. They would, they would pay... For this kind of expertise, if if they think this guy is controlling history, it's like we will pay you to control history for us. Uh, some translations and commentators will make the comment that this may refer, this fee for divination may refer to divination tools, meaning these are some things you can use. Here's a bunch of things you can use to help get the job done. But let's just stick with fee for divination they're willing to pay him. When they came to Balaam, they told him what Balak had said. Balaam says spend the night here and I will bring you back the answer the Lord gives me he's not even gonna oh yes sure I'll come it's like well I work for the Lord now then right here I will bring you back the answer the Lord and notice the Lord Lord l-o-r-d is all capital letters that is Yahweh that's the word Yahweh this is not a pagan god this guy may function eventually as a pagan religion person but the God he's talking about is Yahweh. And he, this says, we want you to come divine for us. You know, tell us God's will. Actually, we want you to act like a sorcerer. It's like, well, that's not, in my, that's not what I do. But I'll ask the Lord what he thinks. Um, God came to Balaam and asked, this is, very, this is just fun. God came to Balaam and asked, uh, who are these men with you? It's like, again, like Adam, where are you, Adam? It's like, God's, he's creating a conversation. He's like, okay, let's, where do you think they come from? What is, what, it's not like, I don't know what they are. It's like, what, you tell me, what, what do you see happening here? Who are they? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, sent me this message. A people, Israel, the people God has just delivered from Egypt, that has come out of Egypt covers the face of the land. Yes, indeed, that's what God's doing. Yes, I'm going to take them into Israel. Now come and put a curse on them for me. Perhaps then I will be able to fight them and drive them away. So you can see, they want me to curse the people that you are blessing. Now, if, if Balaam fully understands who these people are, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's in on. He's not Moses, and Moses kind of like the prophet leading Israel. So I doubt Balaam is up there getting the same revelation Moses is getting. He's about to find out though. So he he probably thinks these are just a random people coming out. Uh, so here's God's response. But God said to Balaam, "Do not go with them. You must not put a curse on those people because they are blessed. Now, why are they blessed? Well. Because I blessed them. Uh, they're the people of Abraham. No, I've got a whole future for them. They're blessed, so you can't curse them. So, yeah, there's no sense. If he wants you to curse them, don't go because it's not going to work. It won't, there's, no, there's no curse I can give you to put on these people. They haven't done anything to deserve a curse. They're blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and said to B- B- Balak's princes, Go back to your own country, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. Now, it's over. I can't go. Now, right there, that's the hero of the story. That's a biblical hero right here. We will pay you money to curse Israel. You want me to curse Israel, Lord? Oh, you bless them? Okay, no. guys, sorry, I can't go. I'm staying here. Thanks. You know, here's a few business cards, you know, and sends them out. You know, It's like they're on the way. It's like, what else would he expect? I mean, Balaam is exactly what you'd expect. He went to God, God, and he's obeying God. So the Moabite princes returned to Balak and said, Balaam refused to come with us. Now, remember, they're talking to a king. Then Balak sent other princes, more numerous, so there's more people going to show up, and more distinguished than the first. And they came to Balaam and says, This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Do not let anything keep you from coming to me, because I will reward you handsomely and do whatever you say. Come and put a curse on these people. Listen, you don't understand who I am. These are my best people. I will give you whatever you want. I just need you to come curse these people. But Balaam answered, he didn't say, really? That much money? Okay, I'll do it. But Balaam answered them, even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, in other words, even if he let me move into the palace and have all of his stuff, I could not do anything, great or small, to go beyond the command of the Lord my God. I mean, that sounds like Paul or Peter or jeremiah it's like i can't do that i can't do anything and this guy is not an israelite this guy is a gentile living up in uh, along uh, on the other side of the euphrates so it's like that kind of gives you a picture of yahweh and his work he wasn't a a god that had been hiding since the garden of eden he'd been moving and and speaking throughout all the cultures you've got to assume now is everybody understanding him and i would i would venture to say all the false religions and all the, the cultures that have these ancient histories, they all start with Yahweh. And as they have gone, they have broken down and deviated from the original truth. It'd be like starting a church with the Bible and then slowly moving the Bible out of the church and continuing to have church and replacing the Bible with candles and replacing prayer with some kind of you know sorcery. And pretty soon you've got all these services. you still got some references. You still have a church, but it's like, They don't look like Yahweh at all. Well, no, not 2,000 years later or two weeks later. And so it's just interesting to see this right here. Um, But Balaam answered, verse 18, Even if Balak gave me his palace filled with silver and gold, I could not do anything great or small or go beyond the command of the Lord my God. Now stay here tonight as the others did, and I will find out what else the Lord will tell me. In other words, I, I, I can't, and he tells him right there, I am, if I can interpret this, I'm a diviner. I'm a prophet. I'm a seer. I can only tell you what God tells me to say. I can't change history. I can't put curses on people. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not into magic. I'm not, I'm not a sorcerer. I'm not a witch. But I'll go talk to God and see what else he wants to add to this conversation. That night, God came to Balaam and said, again, this is interesting, since these men have come to summon you, go with them, but do only what I tell you to. Let's let's engage this activity. But remember, you're a prophet. You only tell say you know, like Jeremiah is the same position. God even came to Jeremiah one time and says because Jeremiah was couple things were happening in Jeremiah's ministry is one he kept interceding for the people, trying to save the people. And God says your message is not one of repentance. Your message is to tell them. Uh, destruction is coming they've crossed the line just tell them this is what's going to happen and jeremiah was getting feedback from the people because he was so negative and he's like everybody's against me it's too hard and he was complaining so he wanted to be uh, he was praying for the people wanting to try to change their hearts god says no your your job is to tell them destruction is coming you, you're going to be overrun by the babylonians it's either going to be by occupation if you simply submit to nebuchadnezzar but if you resist nebuchadnezzar We're going to burn it down. So Nebuchadnezzar is coming and is going to control Jerusalem. Your choice, Jerusalem. Submit to Nebuchadnezzar and live or resist and he'll burn it down. But how about, can we somehow change that? No, no, we're going, Babylon is coming. And so Jeremiah was told by God, he says, if you'll speak my word, if you'll be truthful words, you can be my prophet. But if you're going to whine, you're going to complain, you're going to try to preach a different message, he says, he says, you'll, you'll, I'll kill you. I mean, that's what God tells Jeremiah. So Jeremiah himself was like, yeah, but can we do it this way? It's like, Jeremiah, you're a prophet, not a sorcerer. You speak my word. Now again, Jeremiah wasn't getting into witchcraft, but he wanted to like manipulate instead of just pronounce. And that's what is just on the same track as, as uh, the other prophets here. But interesting, God says, since they've come to you a second, summoned you, Go with them, but only do what I tell you. Okay, now this is where it gets interesting because it's possible somewhere in here, Balaam's going to, Balaam's going to err. Balaam's going to, uh, and it's going to manifest, but somewhere in here, uh, Balaam's going to have an heir, And it's going to be an heir. It's going to be for profit. And he's going to rush, Jude says, he's going to rush into it. Now right here, very interesting because this is where you get the prophet of God, who's a seer, who can see what God is saying and what God is doing, but when the Lord appears in front of him, he can't see it, but a donkey can, which goes right into the Jude's verse. They're like unreasoning animals. Balaam here has dropped to a level where a, 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 a mule is going to have more. It's like, uh, yeah, we're not going for it. No, there's the angel of the Lord. I'm not going, and and Balaam doesn't understand. He didn't even see it. So Balaam, for example, has something has transpired here. I mean, he's looking at crazy, crazy cash right here. Uh, Again, it doesn't make it real explicit, but somewhere, so far, I haven't got no. Do you understand? Would you agree? Balaam is a man of God right here. So far, he's. I'm I'm speaking this word now. He's not an Israelite. He's not offering sacrifice. He's not going to the tabernacle. Why he's not going to the tabernacle? It, It just got here. I mean, plus he's a Gentile. Why? Why is he not with the Jews? He's not a Jew. He's not not one of the descendants of Abraham. I I can't find anything wrong with Balaam at this point. Balaam got up in the morning, verse 21, saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. Again, God says, you can go, but be careful. But God was very angry when he went. Now, he can't be, again, I'm talking, you can judge me. He can't be angry because he's going. Because he asked him, should I go with him the first time? God says, no. He says, well, okay, I can't come. He goes, this time, what what should I do this time? He says, well, he says, go with him, but only tell you what I say. So he went because God said he can go. Now he goes, and now God's angry for going. It's like, well, now who can understand God? Now you're back to Job. Well, I don't think he's angry. Again, I don't think he's angry that he's going. I think something snapped here. I think he's going. It's like, oh. Well, maybe I can cash in. Maybe I can do a little bit. Maybe I can get some of this, you know, some of this investment. So I think God is angry with him, possibly. He doesn't say it explicitly because of his, his change of heart. He's now trying to, but he's not going to err here yet, except right here. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord, and that would be a manifestation of the second member of the Trinity. That would be Jesus the one who became, the second member of the Trinity, who became a man, Jesus. Here, the second member of the Trinity is appearing as an angel of the Lord. Stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with the drawn sword in his hand, she turned off the road into a field. So you are going down a road... And there's a field on this side, field on this side. And the donkey sees the angel of the Lord. It's like, with the draw, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to go that way. And just veers off, just like you would have semis coming towards He's like, ah, oh, just go off into the ditch. The, they just went off and went into the field. We'll just go around the angel of the Lord. So the donkey is reasoning. The donkey is thinking. Um, Balaam beat her to get back on the road. Okay, so now he's back on the road. The donkey's like, uh, what's going on? Then the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between two vineyards with walls on both sides. Now what they'd do when they would clear their fields, they'd pick up the stones and they'd plant a vineyard here and they'd put a wall right here because this is my property. This guy would pick up stones and put them over here because this is his property. And they was walking between the walls, the stacked up walls of stone. There's a vineyard on this side, which makes complete sense because if you go up here, here's Galilee, Jordan, Dead Sea. If he's coming from Euphrates up here coming down. He's in this territory going right through this area right here. This, there's vineyards here. This is, per, this is perfect. This is exactly the territory he's going through. Goes through a field. Now he's into the vineyard territory. So this matches. Um, I lost my place. I'm in verse uh, 24. And the angel of the Lord stood in the narrow path between two vineyards with walls of stone on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it, so he beat her again. So here's the angel lord, and the, angel can't, the donkey can't go to the right or left. It's like just trying to crush over here, and smashes his foot. Uh, so he beat her again. Then the angel lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn. Now you can't even, just, she's stuck right here, and the donkey can't go left or right, can't push off to one side, take the right lane, let him have the left lane. It's like it's right here, and the angel lord is so close, the, the donkey just like, was no room either to the right or left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam, and he was angry. His car keeps breaking down. And beat her with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, and even Peter refers to this right here. Now watch. The donkey is going to reason with Balaam, who can't reason. He he's, he's, can't even... One, he can't spiritually, watch, this is just exactly the verse that Judas talked about. On things he doesn't understand, he can't see the angel of the Lord. On things he does understand, like a a donkey keeps crashing. What is wrong with this donkey? Like if it's a car, maybe the engine's not running. Or if if it's a robot, you know, it's been misprogrammed. But all of a sudden, a donkey that's never acted like this is, is doing three things weird in just a few, you know, a short time. You should be like, what is going on here? but he doesn't he's too focused on this he can't see the spiritual he can't reason through the natural so like an unreasoning animal he just beats the donkey so he's doing exactly what Jude is describing the false teachers are which would indicate he has apparently crossed the line into air that hasn't really manifested but it is manifesting in his inability to see the angel lord and to reason about what is going on with his donkey so the donkey Who's now at a higher level of reasoning than the prophet? Uh, then the angel Lord, okay, uh, okay. When the donkey saw the angel Lord, she lay down. Verse 28. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Now, I know things change through history. Um, but then it says, Balaam answered the donkey. Um, that, that, see I, I, That's like, either that's emphasizing the unreasonable, you know, he's so unreasonable that he's now talking to an animal. Or this was common, which I don't think it was common. We, we got the snake talking in the, in the garden. But I think this is just an example of Balaam. Is so, he can't figure this out. And now when the donkey starts reasoning, he says, you have made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said, that, which would be totally unreasonable. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? Listen, I'm not a rental donkey. I am your donkey. Every day we work together. and We've done it for years. Have I ever just walked off the path into the, into the field? No. Have I ever crushed your foot against the wall? No. Have I ever just laid down on the road and won't go anywhere? It's like, no. Sometimes you see people walking their dog. I see people walking their dogs. And some of the dog just lays down because they're tired. It's like, And they're just real polite, just waiting for the dog to get ready. It's like, anyway. The donkey had never done that. So he says, why are you doing this? Uh, and Balaam now has to respond. In a, in a, he's in a debate with a donkey. The donkey makes these points, and his only answer is, have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And Balaam can only say, well, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn, so he bowed low and fell face down. Then the Lord overpowered him in a sense, because he doesn't have the, his own sense of, of, you know, of reasoning and his own spiritual insight. So the Lord now overpowers him and opens his eyes. Balaam falls down. Um. Before the Lord, standing on the road, uh, the angel of the Lord asked him, "Why have you asked him the same question? Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. And that's exactly. He's going, and he said he could go, but you are on the verge of crossing over into air." You're on a very dangerous. Now he's not worried about Balaam going down and cursing Israel. It's like, oh, what happened? What's God going to do if he curses? You can't curse Israel. So he's not worried about Israel getting cursed. He's worried about Balaam crossing into air because you know of this temptation. Um. The angel Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If she had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now, but I would have spared her. Balaam said to the angel Lord, I have sinned. Okay? Now, I have sinned. He's consciously recognizing an heir he's not saying i i don't know what you're talking about it's like i know what you're talking about he guys is you're on a reckless path i know i've sinned i, I okay I, I was wrong now was he wrong for beating the donkey well that could be it but i don't think he the angel lord did not appear to balaam because he was beating the donkey balaam's beating the donkey because the donkey seen the angel lord because the angel lord appeared so there's something happened before and so the sin i think would have to be happened with this when God says, you can go, it's like, ha, ah, I can go. Maybe I can do two things at the same time. I can do the work of God, but I can also become prosperous. I have sinned. I did not realize you were standing in the road to oppose me. Now, if you are displeased, watch this, I will go back. Okay, right there. Now, he's, I have sinned. I'll go back. I see my mistake. I'll go back. I, I'm not even interested. I, I want to do what's right. The angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only what I tell you. Now that's always been Balaam's practice. That's what God has always said. And that's what's going to happen if we get to those verses. So Balaam went with the princes to Balak. Now when he gets to the king, Balak, Balak is upset. When Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the Moabite town on the Arnon border at the edge of his territory. Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send you an urgent summons? Why didn't you come to me? I am really not, am I really not able to reward you? So in Balak's mind, it's all about the payment. It's all about the reward. If you look on these maps, uh, the maps I made, you can see, yeah, (coughs) the Arnon River right here. So the Arnon River, this is the Jabbok River coming in right here, Jabbok. That's where... uh, Jacob fought the angel lord. You Lord know, when he came back home. This is the Arnon River coming right about here. Arnon River there. Uh, these, are, these are mountains over here. And so all the, the mountain, all the water runs down this way to, there's a lot of rivers feeding into the Jordan on this side. And the same way, waters are feeding into the Jordan on this side. Because this is the Rift Valley, this is low. So all the waters are here. So Balaam has come all the way down here. Balak comes out of his territory, comes across here to meet. Uh, and you can see, uh, you know, on those maps, kind of those locations. Okay, we've got 15 minutes. Okay, so now they've met. We may have to do this next week. I, I'm sorry. I should have known better. So here we have... Uh, okay, i'm going to read verse 37 again balak said to balaam did i not send you an urgent summons why didn't you come to me am i really not able to reward you balaam says well i have come to you now now we're here that's ancient history i'm here what do you want then he says watch this watch this but can i say just anything now first of all let's establish some ground rules i am not a sorcerer now he doesn't say it that way but that's he says i can't i can't but can i say just anything i must speak only what god puts in my mouth i am not a sorcerer i just can't be out here creating my own spiritual world i can only say what the lord puts in my mouth i'm a prophet i'm a seer i'm a diviner using that definition he's only going to reveal what god is doing i can't Find out what God is doing, then come over here in the spiritual realm and start manipulating and changing world history. So he says right at the beginning, when Balaam went with, then Balaam went with Balak to Kirioth H- Hazath, Balak sacrificed cattle and sheep and gave some to Balaam and the princes who were with him. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Bamoth Baal, and from there he saw part of the people. Now, this is where that video comes in and is very interesting. And if you turn uh, to page four, I can start showing you. I'll, I'll walk you through this very quickly. And I've got it on my maps also. But this would be, uh, if I'm going to erase the Arnon River right here, this is Shatim right here. This is where Israel is at. Jericho is straight across. Right straight across from uh, uh, Shatim is Jericho. Um, this is Moab's territory. He's concerned about these people. There's going to be a site right about here, we'll say. A high place. There's going to be a site right about here. A high place, or mountaintop, you know, if you call it mountaintop. And uh, a place right there. This is going to be the one, two, and three places. And he's going to look down. At this place, you can see part, there's, there's still hills and mountains over here. And he can see a part, we can say maybe a fourth of Israel can be seen just the outskirts of the camp. And, he, and ba- Balak is not going to get the prophecy he wanted. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted. Ah, let's go here. You'll can see, you see how dangerous they are. And then, so they travel over here to this place, and they look down. And now they can see maybe, oh, again, yeah, the numbers aren't in the Bible, but maybe a half. They can see a little more of the people. I'm, this is a smaller group. They just see a sliver. They see a little more of the group here. And he, and he goes through the whole sacrifice. They're going to have seven altars which is unique, there is other records in the ancient world of using seven altars, which would probably reference some kind of completeness. They're going to offer a bull and a ram. And those would be like a, a, a fellowship offering and a sin offering, basically. On all seven, it's going to be, you know, try to the Balak is trying to cover all the bases. Complete altars, sacrifice for sin, sacrifice of fellowship. Okay. I think we've got the gods happy. You ready? Okay. Now do your thing. Curse them. Do we, we made him have Well, the gods do what we want them to do now. And he does it from here. And he again ends up blessing the people, blessing Israel. He goes, Oh, he being, and he comes over here. And now from here, this is actually a straight line. In fact, the road that would come up through those mountains would come right across through here. So right here, Shatim or Sodom was probably on this route right here, and the king's highway here. See, I mean, it's not in the, today it's in the wilderness. So it's like, why was this such a great place? This is the main road coming from the east. This is the king's highway coming from here. There you go. That's where That's where the kings came out and they invaded right here. Anyway, now from here, he can see everything. And as Moses' camp is set up on top of the tell that's remaining that had been destroyed and they'd camped all around it's just overflowing, and those are going to be three prophecies. There's going to be a fourth, then a fifth, sixth, and seventh prophecies that are coming here. Uh, and again here we go chapter 23 verse 1 balaam said build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me Balak did as balaam asked said and the two of them offered a bull and ram on each altar so they had i mean imagine seven i mean just imagine a bull and you're going to hold down a bull and sacrifice him. And then you, know, and then you do it seven times. And So he spent, I mean, that, it wasn't just like a, you know, well, let's just open in prayer. And just ask the Lord to bless this message today. Amen. It's like, okay, bring the bull in. Kill the bull. Drain all the blood out. You know, it's not, they're not just killing bulls. They're draining the blood out, preparing the offering. The ram. Okay. Do another one. And they did it seven times. I mean, it take the most of the day to get, I, I, I have never done this so I'm not sure. But it's not just, you know, an opening prayer. And now it's like, okay. Are you feeling spiritual? Oh, I'm tired, can't get a drink. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. And it's like, okay, so here he goes. Then Balaam said to Balak, so now Balaam says to the king, the prophet says to the king, stay here beside your offering while I go aside. He's going to go off and be by himself. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Now notice, perhaps the Lord will come. It's like, I don't control God. I mean, a lot of times I go in my prayer closet and pray, and he's he's... There's not nothing. Sometimes I go and, pray and he gives me a revelation, and so it's like, perhaps we've done our work. Let's go see what God wants to do. So he doesn't even promise that I'm going to come back with a word from God, and he's already says, I can, "If God doesn't want to curse these people, I can't curse them. We can stand here and shout at it if we want to, but it's not divine power." Then Balaam and Balak stay here. Said to Balaam. Balaam said to Balak, stay here beside your offering while I go aside. Perhaps the Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. Whatever he tells me in this meeting, I will tell you. Then he went off to a barren height. So he goes up from there to a higher place right up somewhere. Now, And God met with him. And Balaam said, I have, pre- I have prepared seven altars and on each altar I have offered a bull and a ram. The Lord put a message in Balaam's mouth and says, go back to Balak and give him this message. So now, however that takes place, you know, the, the, if it's Elijah or Jeremiah, uh, the, the word of God came to them and it, they had an oracle, they had an utterance and they would like take it, to be like a, like a package that they would carry with them and then they'd download it and they'd start speaking it and it would come out. And it was like they didn't have control of it but it was like, it's, it's the word of God that was given to them and they would just pronounce it. And so he's been it's the downloads come. He's got God has put his message in Balaam. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering. So the king is standing there by his offering. And all the princes of Moab. So they're not just two guys. Everybody that's important is there because this is going to change the nation's future. We're going to now prepare to go to war against these people. So everybody's there. Then Balaam uttered this oracle. Here's the first oracle. Again, this can be very tedious but yet it's it's almost it's 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 very interesting very enlightening he says balak brought me from aram and it's parallel so he's going to say it and then he'll say it again so the sky is blue the sun is shining the roses are red the flowers are colorful it's like it's like saying the same thing 2 plus 2 is 4 4 minus 2 is 2 and that's that's a bad example probably okay but these are the same thing balak brought me from aram the king of moab from the eastern mountains see it's the same thing the king of moab brought me from the eastern mountains or from aram come he said curse jacob for me come denounce israel the same thing come curse israel come denounce israel so balak brought me down here to curse israel then he says How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? Balak brought me here to curse Israel, but how can I curse Israel if God has blessed them? That's what he said so far. From the rocky peaks, I see them. The rocky peaks, he's standing right here looking down on them. From the rocky peaks, I see them, the people that God has blessed, From the heights, I view them. See, it's the same thing. From the rocky peaks, from the heights, I see them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. So they live apart. They're not like the other nations. You've got the world, and then you've got Israel. You've got nations, and then you've got Israel. These are a different people. Who can count the dust of Jacob? Or number the fourth part of Israel. Like if you can count, like if Jacob, if Israel or Jacob is like dust, who can count all the dust part? Now scientifically today, we could mathematically figure it out and have some machine that does it or whatever. But it's like, you can't count dust. Or, and again, or number the fourth part of Israel, which is kind of why we would say, you're asking me to curse these people. You can't even count them. Yeah, I can see a fourth of them. I can't even count a fourth of them. And there's still three-fourths that I can't even see. So it almost appears that he's almost complaining, I can't see all of Israel. But he, and again, that's where we get the fourth part. Let me not, watch this one. He ends his oracle with this. Let me die the death of the righteous, and may my end be like theirs. If I could live a life and die an Israelite, now again, he never, he's a Gentile. He says, if I would love to have my fate be their fate. If I could die their death, the death of the righteous, that's what I would want. Balaak said to Balaam, now here's the king after that oracle. Basi says, you called me from the east to curse Israel, but how can I curse those who I cannot, who God has blessed? He says, you can't even count them. He says, boy, I wish my life was going to be their life. Or I wish my life was going to be like what their life is. Balaak said to Balaam, what have you done to me? <laughs> it's like, I bring you down here to curse them, and then you bless them. That, he, he just took the whole spiritual realm and just twisted it back in their favor. It's like, no! I brought you to curse my enemies, but you've done nothing but bless them. No, that's not what... No, 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 that's not what I wanted. Now they're stronger. And all the kings are like, oh, and uh, you guys take it real serious. You can see the generals and the commanders like, oh my gosh. It's like, now we've got to fight people that everyone wishes they died like they died. That doesn't sound like a very good battle on our part. It's like, oh, okay, he answered, here's his answer, must I not speak what the Lord puts into my mouth? Once again, I'm a diviner, not a sorcerer. I'm a prophet, not a witch. I can only say what God tells me to say. Then Balak said to him, come, come with me to another place. Now that first place, if you look on this page right here, page four, this is again, if you watch the video, it's a lot better. There's Jericho and there's Shittim. There's a close-up of Shittim right here. The next page is they're looking at the city of Shittim right there. That's where they're excavating. That's where this came from right here, from, from that excavation right there. Um, and now, if you're, looking, if you're standing on Shittim right here, across from Jericho, and you're looking south, you're looking right there at Bamoth Baal. That's where, that's where uh, 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 ba- Balaam was right there, at Bamoth Baal. That's the first place. And you can only see about a, a fourth of the people of Israel. And there you can see it again. Here's Bamoth Baal. Now you're on, standing on Bamoth Baal, kind of where Balaam would be. You can see the Jordan River. You can see Jericho on the other side. And you can see Shittim, or ancient Sodom, and that's where Moses was camped at right there. Ba- Bamoth Baal, you can see it down there. Well, now they're going to move this way. They're going to move this way, and they're going to move to uh, the second oracle. is going to be to Kirioth Hazoth, or is Mount Pishgah. Uh, It's also called Zophim, which means the field of watchers. And so they're going to a place down here, which is called the field of watchers. It's a high place. And the watchers would mean you can watch all around the area. You can see all, like, scout out the area. But more likely, the watchers would be those that are watching the stars. It would be a place of observing stars and the constellations and, you know, be part of, you know, predicting the future. And so they say, hey, we got a better place. So Balak reasons our problem is you can't you don't understand the problem you can only see a portion of the people let me take you a place further this way closer to them and you'll see how 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 bad it is and here's the thing. then balak said to him come with me to see another place where you can see them you'll see only a part but not all of them and from there, curse them for me. So he took him to the field of Zophim, the field of the watchers, probably the stargazers, or it could be a lookout tower, on the top of Pisgah, And there he built seven altars and offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Now you're going to, you know, again, it doesn't say in here, It, it you know, it's, this reads like it's all happening one afternoon. Uh, but you can imagine all the work of sacrificing then the travel time, That this is probably a series of days. I mean, it doesn't make it clear, but it, it seems like it would take some time. Maybe something comes up here. And from there, curse them. Okay, Balaam and Balak, verse 15, Balaam said to Balak, Stay here beside your offering while I meet with him over there. The Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth and says, Go back to Balak and give him this message he's playing prophet god's playing the game you want to hear a prophecy about these people i'll give you a prophecy about these people prophet go speak for him imagine this is jeremiah this could just as well be jeremiah or isaiah giving these messages or elijah you understand what i'm saying i mean it's, it's it's this man is doing the work of god and right here and the uh, i'll read it quickly uh and then i will be done with today i have to finish it next week sorry Balaam said to Balak, stay here. The Lord met with Balaam and put a message in his mouth. Let's go back, verse 17. So he went to him and found him standing beside his offering with the princes of Moab. Balak asked him, what did, and notice it says, Lord, L-O-R-D, all capital, what did Yahweh say? Then he uttered his oracle, arise, Balak, and listen, hear me, son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Listen, man, king, God, you're not dealing with a sorcerer. God has got a plan. You're not going to, he's not a God that you can just you know, burn some offerings to and manipulate him. He so said, I'm not, I'm not for sale. I'm doing my own thing here. Does he, speak, does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and then not fulfill? I made a promise to Abraham. I made a promise to Israel. I'm going to do these things. They're not, they're not here on, on Shittim to be cursed. I brought them this far with a promise. Uh, I'm not going to change my mind now. They're going across here and conquering this land. You best get in line. I have received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot change it. No misfortune is seen in Jacob. No misery observed in Israel. Their Lord, their Yahweh, their God is with them. The shout of the king is among them. Now, that's, that's a crazy verse right there. Their Lord, Yahweh, their God, is with them. The shout of the king is among them. So, and that's where you get into the tabernacle. And you could see the pillar, the fire. If you could see the pillar that, that was leading them, if you could see it coming up out of the tabernacle, they're seeing this right here. It's like, now I can see part of the tabernacle or something. It says, uh, Yahweh, uh, he's not in heaven. He's there. I hear the shout of the king. And the king would be a man ruler like, uh, uh, Balak is the king of, of the Moabites. Well, their God is their king. It's you, man, versus their king, their God. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's the, their king, their leader, is right there with them. Their God is not far away. He's with them. Which is also going to be talking about Jesus. God brought them out of Egypt. They have the strength of a wild ox. There is no sorcery. See this right here? Verse 23. There is no sorcery against Jacob. No divination against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel, See what God has done. The people rise like lionesses. They rouse themselves like a lion that does not rest till he devours his prey and drinks the blood of his victims. It's like, there's... I don't see what you can do with them, because they're on track with God. Now, we'll pick this up next week, read that again, explain it. And here's Balak, verse 25. Then Balak said to Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. It's like, just stop talking. It's like, this is going to, Balaam answered, Did I not tell you I must do whatever the Lord says? I'm not, I'm, I'm not into sorcery. I can just pronounce these things. And now we got. this is going to go on and on, and it gets deeper and deeper. And the whole point of this is it's going to get done, and I can show you there's going to be a third, and then there's going to be a fourth, and then there's going to be five, six, seven short prophecies, all kind of tied together, and it, it's not going to work. And, and Balak is going to say to Balaam, I could have made you rich. You could have been a contender. It's like he walks away. And at the very end of this story, they're going to end up sinning here. Uh, Baal Peor, we'll talk about that israel but at chapter 31 of numbers we're going to find out that the whole thing they're blessed because they're walking with god and with the end of the story is going to be this is uh balak is going to say or balaam is going to tell him i know what to do you just got to get their god angry at them god has called them to bless them but if they rebel against their king he'll kill him himself so here's what you're going to do You've got to get them to worship one of your gods. That will make him mad. How do we do that? Well, you have the fertility cult. And you have a rite, a ritual, where the women sleep with men, which motivates the gods to be productive and send rain and, and produce. Uh, send those women down there. Have them worship your god. Have a feast. And invite them to a party. A feast. We're, we just want to be friends. We can have some feasts. We're just here to, Now, we'd like to show you one of our dances. It's like, and now would you like to worship our God? Oh, no, we shouldn't. How do we worship your God? Well, come here, I'll show you, honey. And it's like, whoa, all men are like worshiping the God and all of a sudden God's like, okay. And now God's killing them. That's where a plague breaks out and then they have to go out. I, that, that, I don't want to get to, but then anyway, they have to go. Then all of a sudden Israel then turns and attacks and slaughters them and, that's, and Baal gets killed in the battle. Balaam gets killed in the battle. But we don't want to rush to the end. We want to read all the prophecies and drag this out for a few months. Okay, I'll, I'll pray and you're free to go. Father, do thank you think for the chance of looking at these things. We do ask we would take warning that we can be following you, but at any time a, a temptation or, or a, a self-direction can mislead us and take us to a place that is is non-productive but could actually be disastrous for us we ask that we would again follow jude's advice and not follow the heir of balaam and we would be people that would be obedient to you that would follow your spirit and again walk in grace and forgiveness but also in growth and power in jesus name we pray amen thank you for your time thank you for being here